Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. So I woke up this morning, probably about 6, started to pray, kind of look over my sermon. I get a call at about 7 um, from my father-in-law, and I was debating, should I take the call or not? You know, it's early, but I'm like, he doesn't call this like this early. Like, this is abnormal, so let me pick up the phone. I pick up the phone, and then I'm just like, what's going on? He's like, hey, wake Ashley up. Taya's been shot. Um, so you can look it up. I think um, we just got more news. There was like a kind of a mass, like a mass shooting. 11 people were shot. Um, so continue just to pray for all the families. Two people were in critical condition. Um, Tay was shot twice. Um, both bullets kind of pierced right through him, went through. Um, and so they, he's out of surgery. Um, he's not awake yet. So just kind of continue to pray for him. But as you can see, um, my heart is heavy um, and um, concerned. And I had a whole message of what I wanted to do and teach. And then this happens and... You know, you start thinking, and one of the things that, as I was praying, God reminded me of is that I'm not the only person that's hurting. Um, Oftentimes, a lot of you all, or a lot of us come to church, um, and we're here, and a lot of us are hurting, and we have a lot of burdens, and there's a lot going on in life. Um, And I'm reminded, because I wanted to talk about this call that God has called us to love. And when we're hurting, we find out that it's really hard to love. Um, when you're hurting. And so I was reminded of that. The other thing that I was reminded of, it's like, man, level comes with choices because I wanted to be present here with you all and to teach. But then also I feel compelled to be home with my wife who also love. And so which one do I choose? Do I choose to show up here? And if I choose to show up here, how is she going to feel? And does that make me a bad husband? Um, Because I really want to love my wife and, and be there for her and support her. But then I want the church to know that I love them and I care for them, even though I don't know them, but we are part of a body of Jesus. And so I want to be here, and I don't want to put the other pastors or elders in a position where now they're trying to scramble and figure out what they want to do. So I want to be present here as well. And so then I was reminded that loving people can be complicated. It's not always that easy. It can be very hard. Um, But yet... The thing that God has called us to do is to be intentional and always try to love. And so I want to talk about that um, a little bit today. Um, about a year ago, this is, a, this is a really rough time. Like this, I mean, I don't know, it's just a really rough season because like last week makes a year anniversary when my grandfather passed away. And then a little bit before that, um, my wife's grandmother also passed away last year. Um, and so just as we were thinking about that, um, I still remember... My wife's grandmother, um, and she knew that she knew it was her time. We didn't know, but she knew. Um, and she's in a hospital, and she calls all the family together. Um, and if anyone, if anyone's experiences, last words are important, very, very important. And so she she gathers us all together. Um, and we're we're her. My wife's family's in Louisiana, so they FaceTime us in, so we can be present. And so she says a couple of things. One of the things she says, she says, "Hey." If I don't make it, throw a party. Celebrate. She didn't want us to be sad. She's like, celebrate. And we're like, okay. You know, trying to like, you know, comfort her and listen to her. And then she's, then she also says like, hey, like, 
I'm going to try to live a hundred more years. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for a hundred more years and we're just like, okay, a hundred more. You're already kind of old, but you know, and so we're like laughing and remembering her words and what she says. Um, and we're joking. But the thing that we all do is we all remember. Um, we remember that moment. We remember that time. We remember what she asked of us um, because last words are important. Um, and I, I say that because the text that we enter into today in John chapter 13 is the same thing. We enter into a space where, guess what? Jesus is about to give his last words to his disciples. Very, very important words. And he does something during this time. He's like, you know what? I want to have a last meal with you. Let's have a last meal together. And he does some weird stuff as I'm doing here. And people are like, what's going on? What is he doing? <laughs> and he, he begins to take off his outer, his outer garment. He lays it down. He has this towel. And he grabs it. And he's like, I want to wash your feet. And he begins to go around and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And then (laughs) he gets to Peter. He looks at Peter. Peter looks at him. And then he's like, my feet? No, 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 not my feet. And then there's this exchange between Jesus and Peter that's just so interesting. um, Because Peter doesn't want his feet to be washed by Jesus. And then Jesus basically tells Peter, well, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have nothing to do with me. Um, and then Peter's like, no, 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 please don't do that. Not only wash my feet, but wash my hands and my head also. He's like, wash all of me. Um, and so I just find that exchange really, really, um, interesting between the two. And so, so he does that. And then I'm pretty sure I can imagine all the disciples looking at Peter like, oh my goodness, this guy again, again, Peter. Again, you're, you're the guy that's always sticking your foot in your mouth. You're always making these broke proclamations, and then you have to take it back. Um, and I can just see them all sitting at this table and join a laugh together um, at Peter's expense. And so it goes from there, and then it continues because Jesus kind of switches the subject, and he's like, hey, my heart is troubled. It's really, really troubled right now. And all of them are like, what does he mean? Like, I mean, if, if this is the last words and somebody is saying that, that their heart is troubled, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're like bewildered. They're wondering, like, what is, what is going on? Why is, he, why is his heart troubled? And he basically, Jesus says, one of you are going to betray me. And they're all looking around. Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Am I going to do? Is it? And they're all confused about who's the one it is. And then Jesus looks at Judas and he says, go do what you're going to do. And because Judas was the one that handled the money, they thought that he had to go do something to go pay for something. So he just leaves and he goes. Um, and they continue on um, with the rest. And Jesus kind of said some other things to them. But. Again, so it's just this this imagery where I'm just looking at Jesus' last words, and he's there, and he's caring for them. He sets up this this time, and we get this inside look at Jesus' last words to his disciples, and he's like, hey, they share some laughter maybe together. And then, you know, there's this time where he's talking about his heart and how his heart is troubled. He's trying to get everything off his chest a little bit. And then we move into our text today, um, where we're going to be. And so 
If you're going to read with me um, for John chapter 13, starting at verses 33 through 35, John chapter 13, 33 through 35. Oh, before I read this, I'm going to ask you to do some things after this that's very awkward for you all. Okay, so I'm just letting you know in advance so that we can enjoy this awkwardness together. All right, so just letting you know. All right, so he says in John chapter 13, verses 33 through 35, little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. And you also ought to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Amen. Three times, three times, Jesus repeats this process and he says, I want you to love one another. I want you to love one another. I want you to love one another. So, I want you, I mean, if he says it three times, it must be that important that he's asking us to do what? Love one another. So, with that being said, can you all stand up, please? Oh. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, see, there's people, if you can look to the person on your left and to your right, behind you or in front of you, some of these people you know, some of you don't have any idea, but what you should do is because this is something that God's compelled us to do, is I want you to go tell three people at least, and I want you to say, I love you. Just want you to go out. Just want you to tell them I love you. Not I like you, not hi, but I love you. Awesome. This is great. All right. You all are more than welcome to come back and take a seat, take a seat. That wasn't so bad, was it? It wasn't too bad. I'm glad that y'all did that for me. That's great. And it's, it's awesome to see, like, people are like, I don't know. And it's awkward. It's like, okay, should I really say it? I don't know if I really mean it. You know, I'm just saying it. But, like, but it's something that the Lord has called us to do, and it should be something that we practice. Because he says, this is how people will know that you're my disciples, by the love that you have for one another. Um, and so... I appreciate you all taking a few moments to do that. And so I just want to look at this text just a little bit. Um, what I find interesting about this text, is he says, this is a new commandment I give to you. When in fact, it's not really new. He says the same thing in Leviticus um, 19.18. He said, you shall not take vengeance and bear grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. He says, love your neighbor. Love people. He talks about loving God, loving people, all in the Old Testament. So then, why is he saying that this is a new commandment? If he said it in the Old, why is Jesus saying here that it's something that's new? Doesn't make, that's just, just strange. So what's new, all of, what, what's new about this is it's our participation. Our participation in this love is completely new. And also, the effect of it is also completely new. What do you mean by that, Corel? What do you mean? Now, remember, this is 
Jesus is about to leave and he's about to go. And in verses 31 through 33, he begins to talk and he says, now the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him and God is glorified in him. God will also glorify him and himself and the glory and, and glorify him at once. What is all this talking about? Basically, Jesus saying, hey, the time has come. And God's going to be God. The father is going to be glorified in him. And what I'm going to do on a cross will bring God's glory. Now, why is that important? Because what Jesus then says, he says, listen, what I need you to do is I need you to love one another. Because when you love one another and when you do this, guess what? There's a way that when people see that God gets glory. God gets glory by your demonstration of love to the world. To people, God gets glory. That's how God's going to be made known. What do you mean? What does that look like? Okay, I'll show you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians 1, 24. Colossians 1, These are the words of Paul when he's writing to the church in Colossae. He says... Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Now here it is. He says, and in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church, which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. Again, I'll read it one more time. He says, and in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. That's a bold statement. Is Paul saying that Christ's afflictions, what Jesus did on the cross, was it lacking? Of course not. Because obviously Paul elsewhere says that, guess what? Jesus, when he died, he died once and once and for all. When Jesus went to the cross for our sins, when he died, he died once and once and for all. So what does Paul mean when he says that I'm filling up what is lacking? What he means is that, guess what? These Colossians, did they get to see Jesus? No, did they get to see him suffer on the cross? Did they get to see him die? Did they get to see his sacrifice and what he did? No, but guess who they do get to see? They get to see Paul. They get to see Paul's sacrifice. They get to see what Paul does. And what what he does is Paul is somewhat, in a sense, being like Jesus. He's taking up his cross. He's suffering afflictions, and he's doing it on their behalf. So when he does it on their behalf, God gets glory. They get to see how much Jesus loves them as a church through Paul's life. And what I honestly believe that Jesus said in this new commandment is that each and every single one of us gets to participate in that same process just like Paul. i give you another example. The reason I wanted to be here is because presently you all know that I am suffering and I am hurting internally. But the fact that I am here demonstrates to you all that I love you. And that you know that I'm making a sacrifice and through that love you see my love for you. You're like, man, Jesus is pretty awesome. That this young man would come here and preach when he's hurting and he cares enough and much about this Jesus that even in his suffering, he's willing to proclaim the glory of God. Yes. And I will make that sacrifice. Why will I make that sacrifice? Because I get and I understand the greatness of God's sacrifice for me. 
And that what scripture says that God demonstrated his love towards me that while we were still sinners, Christ died for me. And each and every single one of us, we get to participate in that same aspect of loving people that way. The hard thing is, is that it's not easy to love people. Sometimes you just don't like people. Can I just be honest? I just don't like it. Like, we come to church and we're like, hey, how you doing? Give you a hug. And you walk away, you're like, oh, I don't like that person. <laughs> it's just the honest truth. Like, we, there's people that we like and we don't like, but God doesn't always call us to like people. He calls us to love them. And just because I don't like you or maybe some of your interactions, it's like, can I see that God is still working on you just the way he's still working on me? And can I get past my own selfishness to love you the way God wants me to love you? Because guess what? When people are outside of the church, they come in and they see a church that's loving like that. Oh, what does it do to people's hearts? There's a lot of people out there hurting, looking for love. And we get the opportunity to demonstrate that love every single day. So don't miss the opportunity to the person here next to us because we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're processing. Sometimes it could just be a smile or a hug or, man, I love you, that can change, radically transform someone's life. For me, it was my uncle who came into my life to share words with me. And then I remember a lady who said, son, the Lord can use you. That's what she said to me. She spoke life into my life and said, the Lord can use you. The first time it clicked that God has purpose for my life. We get the opportunity to do that all the time. The other thing that really gets me or I I really have been thinking about when I look at this text is how we're called to love people and what does that look like? Because this exchange when Jesus is watching the disciples feet, he gives a whole description about like what that is and why he's doing that. Um, And he's like, hey, you don't understand it, but you're going to get it later. And I find it mind-boggling because, excuse me, sorry, I think I have some water over there. Yes, thank you. Um, I find it really interesting because what happens is, is, is there's all the 12 disciples are part of that process, including Judas. And if you know anything about foot washing, like, or at least in Eastern times, right? Like back here is like, here's the, the, the food and they're reclined, right? So like their, their feet is like near the food, you know, as they're like this. And so like, it's very important for them to like make sure that their feet are washed. Um, and so, and generally it's a servant's job to do something like that. But who is Jesus? He's God himself. He is their, like their master. They're their teacher and he's the and so when they're like when he begins to like talk about washing their feet, they're like, no, 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 no. That's not your job. That's not what you do. And then even thinking about like Judas, the one who betrays, he's like, no, no, I'm giving you an example to follow. Because even Judas, the one who you don't like, the one who you don't want to be around, the one who you consider the least of the least, that's the one you especially need to love. This is the example I'm following for you. It's easy to love people that love you. It's easy to love people who, who do good for you. It's really hard to, to love people that are just a challenge. I'll tell you quick, two quick stories. 
two quick stories. So part of my story is I also spent some time overseas. Um, and I was uh, a missionary for two years in northern African country. Um, so I lived and I worked in a com- uh, predominantly Muslim population. And so I stayed with a Muslim family for about six months to a year, lived with them. It was great. Loved it. Learned a lot about the customs, the culture, learned to speak Arabic. Um, and so on this one time, but because I'm there, I already have the mindset to love and to make sacrifices, even if it becomes challenging. So there's this hot day, all of like, I guess you would call them my aunties and my mother and all of them. They're all outside. They have this one popsicle. All right. And it's hot. And they're all licking this one popsicle and then sharing it. Exactly. Eyes are going big like this. Exactly. Exactly. And so everything in American in me is like, this is not sanitary. You know, this is, this is horrible. Like this is, this is not how this is going to happen. And so they're like, Kareem, Kareem. So they call me Kareem, which means generous. And so they're like, Kareem, Kareem, Ija by then, Ija by then, which basically means come here, come by us, come by us, come check this out. So they tell me to come and then they're like, Duke, which means taste. They're like, Duke, Duke, taste it, taste it. And I'm like, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. No, thank you. And so, and so I learned that, okay, you can try to politely refuse like three times. And then if they continue to insist, then it's like a serious thing. You really need to, you really need to like eat this. And so like I try like three times and they're still insisting. I'm like, oh no, this is not going to end well for me. And so in this moment, I have two options. I either love them the way Jesus has called me to love and make the sacrifice because I believe that I want to be an example to them. Or I can choose to just be selfish and then they look at me because they know I'm Christian. They know I go to church. I've lived with them. It's very open. And I can be an, a not good example to Jesus. And so I make the sacrifice. I eat the popsicle and I'm like, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and it was great. And they were really excited that I participated in the family. Co- but that's easy. That's easy for me. That's an expectation. Hey, I'm a missionary. This is what I'm supposed to do. Right. The harder things are for me. Sometimes when it gets a little personal, like loving my wife, I was talking to her and I was like, can I share this story? And she was like, go ahead. We're very open in our marriage about things. And so our first year of marriage was very tough. I don't know how y'all marriages were, but our, our, our relationship was really tough. It's really tough. And so this one time we are, we're, we're at the mall and we're just like walking down the mall. She's like joking and she kind of hits me. She kind of hits me a little hard and I'm like, hey, hey, boo, please don't hit me. You know, please. <laughs> You know, and so when I tell her not to do it, guess what she does? She does it again. So she does it again. So now she's like, like literally like, just like, ah, and I'm like, I'm like, I now it's like, I'm being serious. Can you please stop? Like, I'm getting frustrated. I need you to like not hit me anymore. And then so she keeps doing it because now I, th- I don't know why. And then so I grab her, like grab her hand and pull it down to the side. And I'm like, please stop hitting me. And she's like, oh, I know you didn't hit me. I know you didn't grab me. And I'm like, oh, Lord. So, like, literally, we're in the middle of the wall walking. And she's just slapping me, just hitting me like this. Just keep hitting me. And I'm like, I'm so frustrated. I don't know what to do because I feel like if I hit her, that's wrong as a man. But then if I don't do anything, then I'm not, like, really, like, up honoring my dignity as a man. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel like I'm, like, I'm, in, I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do. So we get to the car eventually. And I don't know what to do, so I, as we drive off, I take her phone and I throw it out the window. Right. That's, that's me getting back at her. I kid you not. That's what I do. So, so she gets, she's really upset. So while we're driving, she's like starting to open up the car door. And I'm like, no, you can't do this. She gets out. She gets really mad at me. And then so I'm just like, all right, well, you can go get your phone. I'm going home. And so I drive and I leave her at home. I mean, I leave her in the parking lot. And I made her walk home. True story. I kid you not. Exactly. I love this. People are like... 
Yes. Because what I learned in that moment is we never can underestimate the gravity of our sin and our selfishness. It's the truth. It's all in us. And in that moment, I wasn't thinking anything about consider it pure joy when you're going through various trials. Or I wasn't thinking or considering, guess what, count others more important than yourselves. The only thing I'm looking at is self. And when I'm looking at self and how I've been treated, it doesn't allow for me to love well. And so I begin to learn through my marriage that, guess what, it's not about if I'm right or wrong. It's not about if I say the right things. It's not about if I know I'm right. It's not about... You know, did I win this? It's not about, and it's like, literally, it's about, can I be like Jesus and love my wife unconditionally, even when I feel like she's not loving me? This person I don't like, that I don't want, it's not about how they look at me, how they treat me. It's not about what they've done to betray me. It's not about any of that. If we really want to understand Jesus and his love for us, Better yet, if you truly want to understand Jesus and his love for you, think about how depraved you are. And everything that you do and how you continually mess up and Jesus still says, guess what? I died for you and I love you and there's nothing that you can do to separate me from that love. There's nothing you can do to stop me from pursuing you, stop me from loving you, stop me from having a relationship with you. Because guess what? It's not about you. It's about God's glory. And I want to honor my father in heaven. And so therefore, that is why I lay down my life. That is why I choose to love you. And when I begin to get that picture of what the gospel really means, begin to transform my marriage, begin to transform the way I live. It's not a walk in the park. It's an every day. That's why Jesus says, take up your cross daily. And every day we all have to do the same thing. It's not easy. And the last thing I just want to say is, you know, I love what I do and I love working for grip is because I get to work with youth every day who are hurting, who are in pain, who come from an array of different things and are hurting. And I get to love on them with the love of Jesus. And I just think I just had a youth over my house yesterday. um, And like I bought a two flat. I'm working on things. And so I try to bring youth over to kind of teach them. This kid, he's never painted before. He's never held a paintbrush He's never done any of this, but he's like loving every single bit of it. He's like, man, I want to do this. I want to get my own building. I want to have this. He's like, oh, man, this is great. But that's what it's about. But like none of them will ever get to see these things if we don't continue to walk with them, if we don't continue to love them. And so my encouragement and my challenge to you all is through the midst of whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, Continue to love the people here well, because you never know who's going to walk through these doors. You never know what's going on in the communities, in the neighborhoods, but continue to love people because that's what God has called us to do. And the second thing is I appreciate you all because, as Scott said earlier, you partnered with us from the very beginning. And even though you hear, a lot of you get that there's still a world over in Chicago where I live where there's gunfire, there's a lot of things, and kids experience a lot of trauma. And you're still choosing to not only love here, but also love there. And so I appreciate you all. um, And I thank you for your many sacrifices. Continue to make sacrifices. And it's not a walk in the park. It's not a walk in the park. 
it's not it's not it's not easy but with god's grace we can continue to do this work together amen let's pray thanks for listening to the sermon from harvest community church if you would like more information or have any questions or comments check out our website at harvest-community.org thanks for listening